listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on into episode number 183. We're going to talk about the latest twist from the As the Bloodline Turns which took place at WWE SummerSlam. We're going to recap Freelance Underground's wrestling. It's what you crave too, with exclusive comments from the new Freelance Underground champion, Iron Demon Shane Mercer. Plus, we're going to hit the highlights of Dreamwave's Double Shot Weekend. And we welcome, for the first time, we'll dig more into Freelance Underground and preview second wrestling with our special guest, He's a manager, a ring announcer, and a broadcaster, the host of Freelance, the king of clubs, Jason Midas. You get all that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle, but what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, Go to www.trueheightstx.com or give them a call at 708-248-7039. My name is Storm Grayson. I'm your freelance wrestling world champion, and you're listening to the Windy City Slam Podcast. All right, back here on Windy City Slam Podcast. What a weekend for professional wrestling, both locally and nationally. We're going to start off with WWE SummerSlam at Ford Field in Detroit this past Saturday night, August the 5th. And to start it out, we had Logan Paul pinning Ricochet. And then Cody Rhodes pins Brock Lesnar after a crossroads. And after the match, this is what shocked the hell out of me, Brock Lesnar shook Cody's hand as a sign of respect and raised his hand in a token of victory. Like, Wow. Where did that come from? And there are reports out there that Brock's actions kind of went a little bit off script there as well. So, interesting. And then, the SummerSlam Battle Royal. The winner, the on fire, the red hot LA Knight wins the match. He last eliminates Sheamus. How far will this surge in popularity take LA Knight? Will he get a shot? At Roman Reigns at some point. This is getting crazy. And and LA Knight, Sean Ricker, Eli Drake, whatever you know him as, this is a guy who I noticed at Impact Wrestling probably six, seven, eight, nine years ago. He was a former world champion there, and he's a hell of a talent. And I knew right there this guy could be big in WWE, and now I'm finally so happy to see someone recognize that. And LA Knight is on an absolute roll, and the fans love it. And we had Shayna Baszler defeating Ronda Rousey by technical submission in an MMA rules match. No rounds or anything like that. And they didn't fight in any sort of octagon or lion's den or anything like that. But MMA rules match. And it looks like this will be Ronda's last WWE match, at least for now. 
she actually does a really good thing on her way out. And people for years have complained about Rhonda and how she's been handed everything. But upon leaving, she did the right thing, putting over one of her best friends in Shayna Baszler on the way out the door. Pretty cool there for Ronda Rousey. WWE Intercontinental Championship. Gunther pins Drew McIntyre following a powerbomb as Gunther gets even closer to the Honky Talk Man's all-time record reign. You should see him pass that in the next few weeks. I think it would be cool just to see Honky make one little appearance, even if it's just he runs in during a Gunther title defense with the guitar and tries to hit Gunther in the head with the guitar or something like that just to try to end the reign. But Gunther shakes it off and beats whoever he's wrestling and retains the title and breaks the record. I think that would be hilarious. WWE, you can use my idea if you'd like. And then the World Heavyweight Championship match in a barn burner. Seth freaking Rollins retains the title by pinning Finn Balor after a curb stomp on Damian Priest's Money in the Bank briefcase. It was kind of a cool finish. Judgment Day was at a ringside trying to get their regular numbers advantage. It appeared at one point that Priest might be cashing in, but then that kind of got squashed. And then it looked like Priest was actually trying to help Balor by distracting the referee and slipping the case in for Balor to use, but it backfired and Seth hit him with the curb stop on the case for the win. And I think this is really interesting because it definitely builds even more tension within the Judgment Day. Every member in that group has either a championship or the briefcase, except for Finn Balor. So, could there be some professional jealousy coming out of SummerSlam? We'll see. And then the WWE Women's Championship in a three-way match. Bianca Belair defeats Asuka and Charlotte Flair to win the championship. But, moments later, EO Sky and Bailey run down to the ring as EO cashes in her Money in the Bank briefcase. Bailey takes out Charlotte and Asuka with the briefcase. Then EO hands the case to ref Jessica Carr. She hits a moonsault on Bianca Belair and pins her to become the new WWE Women's Champion. And even Dakota Kai, who is on the injured list, came out to join the celebration. One year after Damage Control formed at SummerSlam in Nashville, they reunite in the middle of the ring to celebrate EO Sky's championship victory. And in the main event, the tribal combat match for the undisputed WWE Championship, Basically, it's a anything-goes-no-rules match. And Roman Reigns pins Jey Uso after, get this, Jimmy Uso returns and betrays his brother. So as the bloodline turns, yet another twist to this ongoing, never-ending story. And it's been riveting. I mean, it's just been crazy, all the twists and turns with Sami Zayn and, and even some Solo Sokoa teases in terms of him maybe turning on Roman at some point. Stay tuned for that. All right, we're going to turn to local action. This past weekend, Friday, August the 4th, and Saturday, August the 5th, Dreamwave Wrestling presented their double shot weekend at the Knights of Columbus in LaSalle, just down I-80 outside of the city. And the highlights from this crazy action-packed weekend, we had Old Evil Christian Rose defending and retaining the Dreamwave World Championship twice. Friday night over Matt Cardona and Saturday night over Hammerstone. El Hijo del Vikingo defeated Gringo Loco for the Dreamwave Alternative Championship on Friday night and then retained it on Saturday in a four-way match over Gringo Loco, Alex Shelley, and Flamita. 
and they're building up to a Dreamwave Women's Championship. They had a pair of six woman qualifying matches. Zeta Steele and Brittany Brooks came out victorious there as they advance on for the potential shot at that new Women's Championship. And then the hype of Gage Noonan and Hunter Holcraft defeated Wasted Youth of Marcus Mathers and Dylan McKay to become the new Dreamwave Tag Team Champions on Saturday night. And Ice Pick Vic Capri won the Golden Ticket Battle Royal on Saturday as well. And Dreamwave rolls on October the 14th with Follow Your Heart with Bret Hart and Medusa as special guests. And I was going to start saying, you better get your tickets soon, but within the few hours they went on sale before I recorded this, the show is already sold out. So the only way you're going to see this is on IWTV.live and... Dreamwave selling out on day one. Absolutely amazing. Jay and the crew over there are just doing some amazing things with the talent they're bringing in, the action they have. Their shows are stacked. They have veterans. They have legends. They have even some good young talent on their shows. And it's an amazing experience. You should try to check them out either on IWTV or if you can sneak in at some point and get a ticket. It's definitely worth your while. Also this past Saturday night, August the 5th, Defiant Pro Wrestling presented Ladder to Success at St. Patrick's Parish Hall in Dwight. And congratulations to Gunner Brave on becoming the new Defiant Wrestling Champion. Also this past Saturday night, August the 5th, I was at Freelance Underground's Wrestling It's What You Crave 2 at the Cantini VFW in Joliet. An action-packed show. We had Sabotage Sean Logan, last week's Windy City Slam podcast guest, and could catch him in the archives or wherever you find your podcasts. He pins Masked Bonanza following a TKO. And then that tag team known as the... Yeah, I can't, can't say that. Davey Bang and August Matthews defeated Caribbean Arrogance of Chuko and Jay Manny when Davey Bang pinned Jay Manny after a 450 following the Riding the Bus Spear. And then we had the Ryan Matthews pinning six foot nine Hardway Holloway. And he kind of an impressive specimen right there. And both of them have fantastic physiques. And Matthews wins the match after a mule kick with the referee's view obscured. And then the Freelance World Championship was defended on this show as Storm Grayson pins Cole Radrick following the knee trigger. And moments before, Radrick had hit a stunner, but somehow Grayson shakes it off and quickly delivers the knee trigger. And after intermission, we had the Freelance Underground Independent Championship, and everybody's friend, Chico Suave, pins Trevor Outlaw to defend the title following the Chico Slam, better known as the Angle Slam, but it's Chico Suave, so it's the Chico Slam. And the Freelance Underground Tag Team Championship, and we have new champions, the Philly Marino Experience, Marino T and Philly C, they knock off the champs pick and pop Darius Latrell and Coda Hernandez with Acid Jazz to win the championships after PME hits the Sunset Dreams, a variation of the 3D, ending pick and pop's near year-long run with those championships. And it's kind of too bad because they almost got to a full year. I think if they got to mid-August, it would have been a full year with those titles. Eh, hell of a job by both Darius and Coda with those championships. And we've seen Coda do some nice things 
in singles competition over at Freelance Wrestling as well. So maybe they take some time away from teaming, but I do enjoy the team as well. And we'll see them at Second Wrestling this weekend. And then in the semi-main, we had Gunner Brave pinning Acid Jazz after a curb stop from the top rope. And in your main event, the Freelance Underground Championship, a rematch from 13 months ago, Iron Demon Shane Mercer with James Russo at his side pins Calvin Tankman to win the championship after an absolutely thunderous moonsault and battery. Tankman used everything in his arsenal, including his back elbow shots and a Tankman driver, but somehow Mercer overcame it all. Just an amazing match. Two physical specimens. And afterward, we caught up with Shane and let's hear these exclusive comments from the new freelance underground champion, Iron Demon, Shane Mercer. Mike Pankow here from WindyCitySlam.com and the Windy City Slam podcast here with the new freelance underground champion, Iron Demon, Shane Mercer. Shane, congratulations, champ. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me on here. Yeah, uh, fighting Calvin Tankman again, I remember 13 months ago at the same event, you guys had a hell of a match and Tankman pulled it out. What was the difference tonight? Oh, wow. That's easy. Last time, if you watch that matchup, I came into the room covered in bandages because I had a death match the night before. So it wasn't just uh, trying to overcome a battle with Tankman. It was also trying to overcome and I bleed everywhere and my flesh hanging off my body. So tonight, coming into it healed 100%, I think you can see the difference of what happened. Yeah. And we've talked on the podcast before about, you know, participating in some of those death matches and some of your feats of strength. And that feat of strength doing the uh, Moonsault and Battery on Tankman was just amazing. Oh, thank you. That was an earth-shattering move if I ever saw it. <laughs> I need to get a chance to do it one more time. Though I didn't get it perfect the way I wanted, because of course, as you out there wrestling and everything, sweat and so much of that became involved highly tonight. Almost every move I did, and I still got every one of them to go off, but maybe not 100% in the way I would have liked to have done it. Yeah, James Russo being recorded out both at Freelance and Freelance Underground. So what has that done for your career? Well, I'm a champion now. So, I mean, there's that. <laughs> Shay, what's next for you here at Freelance Underground as the champion? Uh, to show what kind of title reign I can do. Calvin Tankman just left off a pretty good title reign. Lasting, I'd say, over a year, close to two years or so. Yes. Well, let's see if we can triple that, maybe. Shane, thank you very much. No problem, thank you. Yeah, once again, great to hear from Shane Mercer after winning the Freelance Underground Championship. The next show in Joliet will be October the 7th, and I assume that will be Mercer's first title defense. Also this past weekend, Saturday night, August the 5th, we had POW Entertainment's Road to WrestleRage. It's a busy month for POW, a three-event month for them. And some news and notes coming out of that show. They announced that WrestleRage 21 will take place November the 4th at the Brower House in Lombard. And longtime commentator RJ will be inducted into the POW Entertainment Hall of Fame. Congratulations and tip of the hat to RJ. And then the POW Board of Directors announced an eight-man one-night tournament, which will take place on Saturday night, September the 2nd, at the American Legion in Fox Lake, where the winner will go on to WrestleRage to face Moondog Murray or whomever the POW Entertainment Champion is at that time. And so far, six people have been announced for the tournament, including Hunter Payne, Mateo Valentine, Eric Freedom, Logan Steele, Kazile, and Jimmy Blaze. The other two participants will be announced soon. All right, coming up this week, Thursday night, August the 10th, 
Eagle Pro Wrestling returns to the Windy City Thunderbolts game at Ozinga Field in Crestwood. First pitch of the game is at 6.35, and the wrestling follows the last out. And then Friday night, August the 11th, POW Entertainment returns with Beach Bash as part of the Lakemore Fest in Lakemore. And then a double-shot weekend for Wrestle League. Friday night, August the 11th, they present Clash of Champions at the Raven Room in Chicago. And Saturday night, August the 12th, it's League Under Siege at the Homewood Auditorium in South Suburban Homewood. And this Sunday, August the 13th, I will be on hand for Second Wrestling's Half Nelson Full Force at Buffalo Creek Brewing in North Suburban Long Grove. Bell time is 2 p.m. And the matches that have been announced so far, the number one contenders match for the Second Wrestling Championship, Missa Kate takes on Shaza McKenzie with this week's Windy City Slam podcast guest, the King of Clubs, Jason Midas, in her corner. And we're going to talk a whole lot more about that in just a few minutes with Jason Midas. And then we have Pretty Empowered taking on Laney Luck and Tootie Lynn. A six-man tag, which has my interest. We have Pick and Pop, Darius Luttrell, and Coda Hernandez, along with Jordan Cross, taking on the trio of the premier, Campbell Myers and S.K. Bishop, and Raheem Delasuede. And then we also have a one-on-one match between a couple of brand-new talents, two-second wrestling, Kenny Alfonso takes on Cody Lane. And also advertised for the show are Malhai Bagdam, Dak Draper, Storm Grayson, Heather Reckless, Jackson Stampede Larkin, Maggie Lee, and Sword Incredible Iverson. With just those names announced and no matches put together for them yet, you just never know what kind of surprises that Rabbi Jeremy Fine in Second Wrestling will have for the fans, and I expect this to be a terrific show. And if you're listening on Tuesday before 7 o'clock, we will be a part of this Second Wrestling Half Nelson Full Force show, and we are giving away a pair of tickets check out our social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter, or X, as well as Instagram and Threads. You can enter on Facebook and Twitter before 7 p.m. on Tuesday night, August the 8th. That's the cutoff for the entries, and we'll be announcing a winner for those two tickets shortly after 7 p.m. on Tuesday night, August the 8th. All right, coming up in moments, we're going to welcome for the very first time the King of Clubs, Jason Midas. Stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your boy, Mason Perks, and you're listening to Windy City Slam, baby. The best podcast the shy has to offer on professional wrestling. So turn it up, turn up. It's your boy, Mason Perks, and you're listening to Windy City Slam Podcast. Yeah. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email MikePankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. SSW Tag Team Champion, the Punk Rock Prince, Jordan Cross here, live at the Broad Stop in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you are checking out my best friends over at Windy City Slam Podcast. Mike Pankow, you are the man. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and everything else. And you can follow me at The Jordan Cross. I am the Punk Rock Prince. Thank you. 
All right, back here on Windy City Slam podcast, and we welcome for the first time a guy who's a manager, a ring announcer, and a broadcaster. He's also the host of Prelance. We're going to talk a little bit of Freelance Underground and preview second wrestling this weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, the king of clubs, Jason Midas. Hey, man, thanks for having me on. It's a really good day to be here. Absolutely. Yeah, it was great to see you at Freelance Underground this past weekend. We'll get into that in just a little bit. But yeah, yeah. We talked a little bit about you being a late bloomer to the business when I saw you a couple months back. And you started training to become a wrestler in your 30s. So why then and not sooner? That's soon. Well, in in real, to be completely real with you, I didn't understand how people became wrestlers until I was like 28. I was just like, oh, you're just big and then some guy finds you. I just thought that's how it worked, kind of like a Kumite situation. But no, it ain't like that. It's it's hard work and people freelance wrestling started their school. I'm like, well, this is the company in the world. I'm in the best shape of my life at the moment. This is me speaking at time period appropriate you get how time works i was in the best shape of my life at the time like well it's just a sign we gotta go we gotta go so that didn't happen until i was like 31 32 just you find stuff when you find it you can't help it and you mentioned off the air before we came on that you were Mm -hmm. a circus performer and he did uh, uh, drama and stuff like that right Yes, I have a BFA in theater. I've been a theater guy since I was 11 years old, and now I am more than that. Um, let's just say that. And uh, uh, I've always found performance my whole life, been a very physical guy, dance captain in calls. I was a I was a burlesque dancer for like seven years. Uh, and yeah, I did the trapeze. Uh, you should have seen these lats when I was doing those reps. Ooh, baby. Lots of pull-ups, I'm sure tons dude it's like hanging body for who the heck knows how long and just doing pull-ups after pull-ups after pull-ups my arms my abs they were so good and they hurt so bad yeah i could never do pull-ups when i was a kid i i usually fail those national fitness tests <laughs> uh, those things are awful anyway who needs them yeah so do you have any inspirations in wrestling that made you want to get in the business get in the business man i just this is this is going to be the weirdest one, I think. I loved Paul Bearer as a kid. I thought he was just so interesting. Like this is this guy is essential, and he's like a cartoon. You know, I, I know we just lost Pee Wee, and I miss uh, Paul Rubens very much. But they they were kind of similar. They kind of gave me similar vibes of just larger-than-life cartoonish characters, and I would watch them one after the other on a Sunday morning. So, like, these these huge cartoonish characters always got me, and then as I got older, I really became Paul Heyman as a person, uh, and his story and how he really ground ECW up and kind of lit the Philadelphia scene alive and became this huge national figure, and I don't know, I just, what, what a journey, man, that's so cool. I want. I mean, obviously, I who doesn't want to be the guy who comes out to music? Who does? You know, when I was a kid, I would. I, I loved the the costumes of the characters. The Undertaker was my guy. Coming out, taking three minutes to get down there. Explosions, fire, uh, lasers. Oh my God, I want that. But when 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 you when you peak at about five six, yeah, you're not going to be the Undertaker. You can be Paul Heyman though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually um, when I know Vince McMahon, when he had managers, other than maybe Slick, 
had guys that were shorter than the wrestlers, so they wouldn't tower over the wrestlers. It makes perfect sense. You might notice um, my shoes complement my legs, as in they are both not long. <laughs> so you got started with the Freelance Rusky Academy a number of years ago. So <laughs> did you have a favorite trainer or fellow yeah. classmate? First day was, uh, I was there, man. Um, my favorite, I mean, I, who doesn't like Isaiah Velasquez, man? He's incredible. And I think he was always enthusiastic. And he's, as time has gone on, he's really started to settle into that role. He's such, such a good and thoughtful trainer. And as a person, as me, a person who's obsessed with the why of wrestling, he's the great trainer for that. That first class of freelance was incredible. I, I mean, and I know he's not a friend to everybody in the scene, but Trevor Outlaw has always done right by me. Unless I'm, you know, ring announcing. Then he doesn't like me for some reason. I don't know, whatever. But, you know, uh, when when I was laid up with the knee surgery, Trevor came to visit me. And I know he will get very mad at me for mentioning it. And I'm sure I'm going to hear about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. He was kind of giving it to you uh, in Joliet over the weekend while you were ring yeah, announcing well, his match. <laughs> I mean, you've seen me. I People just want to yell in my face. I get it. Okay, so we're going to take a look back at that, that freelance underground show this past yes. Saturday night in Joliet, the Cantini VFW. Wrestling, it's what you crave, too. And it was a hell of a show. So out of all these matches, what was your favorite? I mean, my favorite, I loved that tag match. PME versus pick and pop. Um, a lot of peas in that. Mm -hmm. Alliteration, it's what's for dinner. Uh, but a lot, a lot of great uh, – uh, they just have really good chemistry. They're really clicking off each other. The competition level is so high, and I, I did not see that result coming. Pick and Pop have just been laying waste to the Chicago scene with their experience and size and explosivity. But, you know, PME got that fire. They got those intangibles, and they put together just an absolute biggity banger. I, uh, I I really hope they can run it back sometime because I'd watch those guys run six days a week and then I need to take a nap. <laughs> yeah, good vibes for sure with PME. They actually, uh, they've been together for quite a while over the years, yes. out, like the Ohio area and out east. And they've been a, a fixture lately, I feel like underground. And that was a hell of a match. I, I really enjoyed that. And I really enjoyed their little bit of a feud that they've been having the last several months. Oh, it's been fantastic. And like, what but, uh, I got to give it up to freelance management for finding really good competition. When you've got people like the one man dynasty and Prince 100, it's really hard to like want to stand across the ring from them. So we got to grab people from Ohio who aren't scared yet. Yeah, I really enjoyed Pick and Pop's run as freelance underground tag team champions. Oh. And I was talking to Darius over the weekend and he was happy with the rain, but it was kind of sad to see it just a little short of a year. Yeah. Oh God, you really, you really want that on on to be a one year champion, man. That's the business. <laughs> you mm -hmm. can't help it. I mean, in fact, freelance wrestling has been very lucky to have some incredible long reigns as of late. Bang and Matthews, that's what we're calling them. Bang and Matthews, Brian Keith, Robert Anthony to a different extent. But yeah, real long reigns can be very rewarding for not just a company, not just an audience, but also the the wrestlers themselves. And it just means that after a while, that competition becomes a little hard to find. You've beaten everybody. Let's bring in those guys. Like Storm versus Chris Bay was just, oh my God, what a treat. That was an amazing match. And speaking of long reigns, uh, Storm Grayson's Freelance Underground 
independent championship reign was over a year long. And then we just had a near 22 month reign and for freelance underground champion, Calvin Tankman, when the iron mm. demon Shane Mercer knocked him off. That was an impressive feat of strength at the end of that. I mean, the, the clash between two, those, those two guys, I, I can scarcely believe that the ring could contain them, that the building could contain them. Every time those two enter uh, an area, it's like, you know, when the water cups are, are shaken in Jurassic Park, mm -hmm. it's that kind of thing. So when, when two just muscular, huge behemoths start clashing, it was really only a matter of time before one of them just broke. I, I, I love Calvin. He's such a good dude. But that Iron Demon has been just putting that work in. I don't necessarily care for James Russo, but he's got an eye for talent. And I mean, we can see the results. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that moonsault and battery at the end of that match. If I was actually at my house, which is three blocks away from Cantini VFW, and that move happened, I probably would have heard it there. That's how loud that crash was. Oh, I was sitting. If you you might be able to see it on the broadcast, I'm sitting in a chair ringside, and it bounced me up to my feet. <laughs> it's like, wait, I don't remember standing up. How did I get here? Yeah, I thought I was going to lose my balance when that when they hit that move because that was. Oh yeah, you were even closer to it. Yes, you were even closer to it. Uh, shooting photos in that corner. Yep. <laughs> We're going to have to start um, getting the harness on, like a climbing harness, and just strapping you to the ring post. <laughs> Especially for any time you have Kelvin Tankman and Iron Demon Shane Mercer in the ring at the same time. He, he ain't called Heavyweight Hustle for zero reason, bro. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to next weekend. Next Sunday, Sunday, August the 13th. Second Wrestling presents Half Nelson, full force at the Buffalo Creek Brewing up in Long Grove. Bell time is 2 p.m. Doors open at 1, and you're going to be a busy guy that day. You're going to be representing Shaza McKenzie in her corner, yeah. taking on Missa Kate for the number one contendership for the second wrestling championship. Yes, Shaza has told me that's what I will be doing, and uh, that is what I will be doing. So Shaza kind of took you by storm at the last second event and basically um, ran into that uh, Jason Midas showcase, that scramble match, and she came in and ended up beating Moondog Murray at the very end to just kind of cement her spot with you. Yeah, um, like, I mean, you saw what she said. It's, uh, uh, I guess they were all losers, according to her, and I am required to agree. So, listen, uh, Shaz is a pro. She's one of the best in the business today, and we're really lucky to have her from St. Louis. And, well, I will do my best because I do not have a choice, and the uh, doing otherwise is not advisable in my situation. You know me. I always get it. <laughs> and that's going to be a hell of a match, Shaza against Mr. Oh. Don't get me wrong, that match is going to absolutely bang hard, and uh, Sha there's, there's just no way that Shaz ain't going to come out up on top, because um, because not only is she the best, but I'm the best, and together, that makes us the double best, um, which is definitely a thing that I am saying now. And you also represent Jackson Stampede Larkin, as you've had for yes. like several months. And we don't know what he's doing yet at this show, but uh, is there any kind of uh, scoop you can give us about what Jackson Stampede Larkin's going to be doing soon? 
Listen, Jackson Larkin is an ever-present threat that everyone should be afraid of. Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Illinois have been seeing him a whole lot lately, and everybody knows that when the stampede comes to town, you get out the damn way. So I did phone the rabbi, and I demanded that Jackson be on the show. So he is, and that's all I can tell you for the time being because, yes, you can hear a stampede coming, but you don't know where it's going. It's an ever-present threat. And I'm going to talk about another guy real quick. He's he's, he's beyond alpha. Ezio Orlandi. He's the uh, second wrestling Maxwell Street Heritage Champion. So what happened yeah. between you and him a number of months ago where you guys had a falling out? I mean, listen, I did my best with Ezio to make sure that he would be in position for good things, for greatness, but also to learn what it means to be a winner by the means you have available to you. And, you know, I understand pride. I do. But have the pride when you're holding the belt, not when you're getting it. Winners hold belts. Then you can feel however you want. Yeah, it. he found a way to sneak a win over three other people while they all did the work. And he comes out on top. And that was the lesson. It seems like maybe that lesson finally got through. But... He just didn't want to do it my way. And I guess that means he's too good for the king of clubs. He's too good to get into the VIP room. He's too good to hang with Jackson Larkin and Shazza McKenzie. Fine. Take your title. Walk around. Feel good about it. Feel good about it for now. I ain't done. All right. Some other things going on with half Nelson full force this weekend. We have yeah. pretty empowered. That's NWA te- world television champion, Kenzie page mm-hmm. and Kylie page. And they're taking on the team of Laney luck and Tootie Lynn. That should be a fun tag team match. It's going to be excellent. That's so much great talent in one spot. Now, let me tell you something, uh, brother to paraphrase. I just really love, the rise of women's wrestling becoming such a main event in America. I watch a ton of Joshi and that's the main event to me. And so that we can have these types of matches set up and you know that this is, this is a showcase. This isn't like what it used to be in 1999 when they go out and be like, look, we put women on the card. No, Mm -hmm. we booked incredible female talent to put on an incredible wrestling event for you. So this is going to be four ladies beating the ever loving hell out of each other. And damn it. Y'all better be excited about it. Cause I am. I love what rabbi fine does with the women in second wrestling, their main events. There's usually two or three matches involving women in every show. And it, mm-hmm. they're a very integral part of every second wrestling show, which I think is really, really cool. They're an integral part of wrestling as a whole. And we should all be grateful that more women means just more better matches. And moving on to a six-man tag team match. And this is going to be really fun. Three guys who I really dig and I'm really kind of close to. We have Pick and Pop, Darius Luttrell and Coder Hernandez. Mm -hmm. And Jordan Cross is another guy that's just exploding on the scene. And they're going to take on the premiere of Campbell Myers and SK Bishop and Raheem Delasway. That's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, God, the just the amount of athleticism present in that match. I am expecting things to get just tossed all over the freaking place. Now, I am not as familiar with this club. I just haven't made it out yet. Usually when I go to Long Grove, I get me some chocolate. 
Um, so if you're going to be there on the 13th, which you absolutely should, save some room for some chocolate. But I know that when you're up against Prince 100, Darius Luttrell, and uh, it's Prince 100, Cota Hernandez, and the one-man dynasty, Darius Luttrell. I tried to mix them, and it makes it sound like I'm nicknaming him the other thing. That's not how that works. <laughs> when you're up against Pick and Pop and Jordan, uh, then they're just going to fly all over or make you fly all over. Now, I've become familiar with the Premier and Raheem Dulles Wade. And holy crap, are they just explosion machines? They're just straight up TNT packed into some people's bodies. So I'm expecting a six-way war, and I don't see why we shouldn't get it. And then also the other announced match at this recording is Kenny Alfonso versus Cody Lane, or sometimes known as Coco Lane. That's going to be pretty cool, too. Yes, I've become uh, pretty familiar with Coco Lane at uh, Freelance, and I think if you've been following his exploits in Japan, uh, then you know that he hits hard enough to hang over there. Um, I am not as familiar with this competition. I haven't seen him at the same nightclubs as me. We must go run in different circles. But if you are willing to stand across the ring from Cody Lane, then you better have a tough chest and spine because it's going to get hit hard. So I I, I know that the, the promoter, Jeremy, does his work. And so this should be... This should be some hard-hitting competition. Y'all better be excited. Let's talk about some of the other talent that's been announced for the show, but we don't know what they're yes. doing yet. It's going to be it's a, it's a stacked card of talent, and just mm-hmm. by seeing some of these names, you wonder how they're going to get matched up, and I'm not going to speculate too much because I don't want to ruin any potential surprises, but we have Mile High Magnum, Dak Draper. We have the freelance world champion, Storm Grayson, Heather Reckless, Jackson Stampede Larkin, yep. Maggie Lee, and Sword of Incredible Iverson will also be on the show. So that's a great lineup right there. Oh, yeah. Some of these folks were at the summer of second camp shows, which if your kids camp wants to have second wrestling, they are very available. And honestly, those are some of my favorite shows to do. I would I would work in front of kids every day if I could. They are the best crowds. That's Man, great. are they loud. Especially if they're engaged and into it, and that—that's how they get really loud, and, and you know, it's an enjoyable show that way. I mean, I'm a golden disco ball. Try not to be engaged with this. Just saying. So, but we also got a good number of debuts. Everybody turns heads when Dak Draper walks into a room, and uh, sort of incredible. Iverson has become Chicago's best kept secret. So the secret's going to get out, and I think not a secret identity. We cannot be revealing that, as we all know. Some of us have seen him backstage, and we have to sign very expensive NDAs. But, uh, yeah, uh, Iverson's on the way up. Maggie Lee, I believe this is the debut for her as well. Yes. Um, so, oh, excellent. So, yeah, uh, uh, if you want to see just, like, the best, it's coming. And, oh, my God, you can't you can't beat the setting. It's going to be so much fun out there in Long Grove. Yeah, Maggie Lee is uh, from Black and Brave Wrestling Academy, I believe, and mm-hmm. plus, I think Heather Reckless is as well. And I want to say uh, the Premier also are Black and Brave guys, if I'm correct. Uh, Black and Brave guys all have uh, a few things in common, uh, which is, A, they all seem to be able to jump super high. I don't know what that's about. But also, they come in hungry. So the the only way to, to show what your hunger does for you is to get a win. So all of these folks I know are looking to cut their teeth on second. And you mentioned Black and Brave guys jumping high. We saw they would gutter Brave this past weekend, too. <laughs> oh, my God. Program. 
Gunner Brave, you poor baby. Are you going to live five more years? Please take care of yourself. You're always so nice to me. And I just would like to see you not limping up to the club sometime, dude. We, I don't get bottle service because it's ridiculous, but I will get it for you if you can just sit down, okay? <laughs> yeah, and uh, Second Wrestling and Rabbi Jeremy Fine, they're going to be celebrating their second anniversary in December. And I've been to ah, two I get it. Yeah, I've been to two other shows and terrific stuff i just love what jeremy does so how did mm -hmm. you get connected with rabbi fine uh i mean you'd think we know each other from shul but we do not uh uh, uh when i heard there was a jewish wrestling promotion starting up people started emailing me because uh because i'm a jewish guy in the scene apparently there's not a ton of us which i didn't know i was like i know it's me and paul Heyman. i don't know how many there are I don't know why Brock brought that up unprompted that one time, but still, uh, God, that was so weird. But yeah, when it started out, I knew I had to be involved, but we were eventually connected by the guy who connects me with everybody, Marvelous Matt Nix. And, you know, when you got, it's, it's two Jewish guys, two purple guys, you know what that makes? A Venn diagram. <laughs> and so we had, we had to get hooked up. One of those things with the circles kind of interchanging and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, we're a Venn we're again Venn diagram of purple and Judaism. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. Uh that's probably Tubishvat. I don't know which holiday that is. <laughs> yeah, I actually had my first brush with Rabbi Fine probably close to 25 years ago. I not personally in person with Rabbi Fine. What? At someone's bar mitzvah? What? No, actually, no. This is through Rabbi Fine's high school basketball coach. I was doing some research for my shoot job back in the day and Jeremy Fine's name was brought up as one of the top players on his team. So uh, that's the first time I ever heard the name. And then when I reconnected with him uh, a year and a half or so ago, doing interviews with him and I actually mentioned that to him, he, it brought a smile to his face. Oh man. I don't have a lot of athletic accolades, but I, that must, that must feel really good. <laughs> No one's bringing. No one's bringing up. Oh man, that improv scene you did, where you were a sprinkler in 2011. Holy crap, that changed my life. No one's bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned to me before we went in the air, you had a little bit of a mm -hmm. knee injury, and that kind of curtailed your in-ring career as a wrestler. So my yeah. question to you is this: Now that you're doing the managing and some of the other stuff outside the ring, what's your end game in wrestling? Honestly, how do I say this? Wrestling is in an interesting spot right now. And I think my main goal is to make sure, like with camping, I leave it better than when I found it. I think we're doing a, a pretty good job of moving away from like the scummy promoters and like the kind of carny history that come and stigma that comes with professional wrestling. And I think it's really time that wrestling started to step it up into the just even the 20th century, much less the 21st and become a bit more legit and take care of its talent a little more. I think my end goal is to essentially get into high enough position where I can affect change in this industry that I like so much so that everybody can have, I just want all the previous generations to have it a little bit easier than the ones that came before it. Yes. It's very parental. No, I don't have children, but yeah, I understand it's a similar vibe, but if I can just like, party my ass off with a bunch of cool wrestlers while I'm doing that, that sounds really good. So if I could be like, if you could picture like, like philanthropic Paul Heyman, but like sitting in a gold chair and being like, yes, this is a fantastic party. Kind of like that. It's kind of like that. 
All right, the King Gloves, Jason Midas. Before we let you go, yeah, go ahead and plug your social media. If you have any merchandise around the block and upcoming events. I'm just about to put my debut shirt, the King of Club shirt, onto Pro Wrestling Tees in the next week. You'll see it's a really cool design. It's the uh, King It's the King of Clubs card with this guy's face. Don't let that deter you. I understand. It's still a cool shirt. Uh, that'll be coming up within this month. Uh, my birthday is on August 11th, so please send me presents. My uh, social media is at the Jason Midas. That's M-I-D-A-S. Uh, super easy to find. And uh, yeah, please come see me at Second Wrestling, Freelance Wrestling, Freelance Underground. And if y'all haven't heard me, I am a very, very good commentator. And yes, I do know this. So if y'all are like, oh, these guys are all right, but I could really use some more excitement in my broadcasting. Holla at you, boy. Meanwhile, if you just want to party with me, hit me up for parties and I'll be slamming the boards at arc music festival and that's that ain't no hard stuff oh last thing august 12th day after my birthday i'll be partying all night at my house music festival in pilsen come holla at your boy it's a really good time and then we'll see you on the 13th at second wrestling's half nelson full force that's right and if i may i gotta hit that gimmick join the club for that event All right, awesome interview with the King of Clubs, Jason Midas. He's a real down-to-earth guy. Awesome dude, and it was cool to talk freelance underground, freelance wrestling, and second wrestling. All right, next week, we're going to recap second wrestling's Half Nelson Full Force and preview Chicago-style wrestling's Extreme Intentions, which should be a loaded show. Plus, we're going to have a guest, or guests, to be determined as we're still working out some details. You can catch that all right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody. Everybody.